0: Welcome, everyone, to the Kathy Lee Parker Show, the number one place for enlightened and entertaining guests, positive vibes, and information that is spot on. And now, for your listening
1: pleasure, your host, Kathy Lee Parker. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's so great to be back and to be live Again, for another week of the Kathy Lee Parker Show. Thank you for joining me. And uh, today we're going to be talking about a lot of things relating to our finances and especially retirement. And for some of you, I know it's always on our mind. Do we have enough money saved for our retirement and for our families, our kids, college, education? And so much more. But with me today, my guest is Christopher Jackson. He's been doing finance advisor for people since 2015. Welcome, Christopher, to my show.
2: Hi, Kathy. Thanks for having me.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome. You know, before we get started, tell me a little bit, tell my listeners and me a little bit about yourself.
2: Yeah, so for those that aren't from Utah, uh, I grew up in Cache Valley, Utah. It's uh, L- Logan is the, the city up in the northern part of Utah. And uh, I grew up in a small town with a, with a big family. So I have a lot of military in my family on both sides. I'm the oldest of, of four boys. Yeah. And for a while, my uh, my mom was, was single and I was the, kind of the, the man of the house. And so from a very young age, I learned a lot about being a good steward of what you have, saving, and just being wise with what you have. And, and I think maybe that was kind of what instilled into me what I'm doing today. Um, but as I grew, I ended up uh, focusing on the military, being that I have a lot of family in the military. And so I ended up joining the military at 17 years old. I was still in high school. <laughs> and I, I went to basic that- training. What's that?
1: do that? When you're still in high school, you can sign up for the military?
2: Yeah. So they have what's called a split-ops program. So you, in the Army National Guard, you can go to basic training for your summer between your junior and senior year of high school, and then go back to high school. So I ended up doing that. Um, I was talking to recruiters from young age, 14, 15. I even joined the Civil Air Patrol at, at 12. So I was very disciplined at a young age. <laughs> taking my first PT test and all that, and uh, so I, I really had a sense of, of duty and discipline from a very young age, and uh-huh. that's what drew me into the military. Um, so, yeah, what I ended up doing after that, I I ended up graduating high school in, Utah, in Cache Valley and then going to my advanced training, um, and then I am LDS, and I ended up serving a cross lane mission in Southern California. For some of your California listeners, I was in Long Beach and and uh, Bellflower and um, even Compton for a little while. Got to got to be in the hood. <laughs> so uh-huh. it was really it was really interesting to be able to see a lot of different people there, and I think that also helped me kind of in determining what I would do, um, what I'm doing now. Because uh-huh. um, as time went on, I I realized, hey, I really like meeting people. I'm, I'm very social. I like new new experiences, and so. Uh, when I got back, my original plan was to go to college um, and join the go full-time active duty as an officer, and I ended up ma- dating a um, single mom who I ended up marrying and becoming an instant dad in a very short period of time, and decided I didn't want to take my family around the country full-time in the military, so I decided to stay in the Guard and just go to school. And so... That's what ended up drawing me into the industry. I ended up taking a retirement planning class um, and really enjoyed that and realized that it really fit with a lot of my, my, sol- my, my need to be able to socialize and interact with other people, my duty and discipline, um, how I grew up with my family, just having that sense of you know, wanting to be secure and wanting to save and be frugal with what I had. And so all of those things just kind of led me to where I'm at now, and so that's kind of where it got started.
1: That's wonderful. I find that you know there's a lot of the baby boomers out there, and some don't even have any form of retirement. What would you say to them or or guide them? You know.
2: Yeah. It- it, yeah, that's a that's a great great question, and it's interesting is is that things changed a lot over time. A lot of. Um, the perspective about how money, how money works, um, is sometimes a little flawed because what, what a lot most people try to do is say, "I need X number of dollars in thirty or forty years, and then I'm going to be okay." Well, what we've seen historically is that markets are unstable. <laughs> the elephant in the room right now is a very unstable time. Right? We have the pandemic going on. We have the oil right. crisis. We have you know, all these international things going on. And this has happened for generations. I mean, I, you probably heard the saying, history repeats itself, right? So the same thing goes with finan- financial savings. And, and so what I've decided is that it really, what it comes down to is building habits and rather having a, a set number that you think um, you really need. An interesting um, thing, I actually looked up the other night, I was just curious, um, like if we were to go back, you bring it, bringing up the baby boomers made, reminded me of this. Uh, you go back uh, to the 1980s, and the, the value of certain things back then um, is extraordinary how it's changed over time. In 1982, the first CD player came out. And the CD player cost over $600 to get your first CD player. And ironically, for the rate of inflation at, at, um, in 1982, that's equivalent to almost $1,800 today. And so a lot of people, they, they saved and they, for these CD players that back then, I mean, you, know, you were right back then. Well, was there a lot of other options? There wasn't the Spotify and there wasn't, you know, there, there wasn't all these other options. If you really wanted a song, you wanted a CD player, right? right. So that's that was true. a big... That was something you really worked for. Well, fast forward today now, and there's so many more options, right? So if someone was back then saying, hey, I'm a real big music person. I'm going to save so I can always get a new CD player. Well, the reality is now you can go on Amazon and get two-day shipping on a better CD player for $30. So the value of that is completely different, right? Uh And same thing with a lot of other things like computers. You know, the Mac came out in 1984. You know, it had so little, um, it had like 128 kilobytes worth of, of RAM. Now the iPhone 11 has over 128 gigabytes, excuse me, 4 gigabytes of RAM and over 128 gigabytes of, of memory. So it's just, there's, not, there's no comparison apples to apples when it comes to what is going to happen in the future. What, what expenses do we have now that they didn't have, maybe it didn't have 40 years ago. So really what it comes down to is the best time to start saving is now. And there are certain, there are certain things that are very important to, to really focus on, which is how, how much are you saving? Are you living within your means, right? Are you, are you spending every dollar you bring in? Or are you actually setting aside some money for the future? You know, there's, it's really never too late to start being disciplined with your money, right? It's really okay. just about creating those habits to to build you for your future and, and diversify, not just having all of it under the mattress and not having all of it, you know, on the stock that you think is going to pop up after this whole thing's over. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, talk so about, that's uh, one thing I would say.
1: Christopher, talk about finances and stuff. I, I remember this when I was a very young girl, when I was like 13 years old. and this lady, I don't where she was, oh, she was in my neighborhood. And she stuffed money in a mattress. Oh, wow. And then when she died, her family found it all in the mattress. And she had thousands and thousands of dollars. That was so funny. But anyway, she just put money in her mattress. You heard those crazy stories. But anyway, but it was enough to put her in the ground. (laughs) I remember that. That was so funny. But... um back to what What are some of the common things you assist people with?
2: Yeah, so um, so I have a variety of different things. One thing I focus on a lot is, is that protection, uh, the, the foundation of a person's finances. Uh, when it comes to what might happen to you um, in the worst-case scenario, such as the death of a loved one or disability, mm-hmm. um, it can be devastating when it comes to finances. and so before we talk about long-term investing or, or even long-term savings that, that isn't necessarily in the market, there's, you have to have that foundation. And so, a society in general, they, they kind of flip-flop it. They, they really focus on just, they want you to consume and they want you to have, as, spend as much as you can. And then whatever's left over, put that towards protecting yourself. Where in reality, you need to protect, you know, your, your family and your loved ones first. And so, I talked to a lot of people about life insurance, uh, disability insurance. Uh, I have a team of professionals I work with in other other industri- industries, such as the health insurance industry, property and casualty insurance, uh, even even things like wills and trusts with an estate planning attorney. Yeah, that's a very important part of your financial plan because if you pass away, you don't know um, where your assets are going if you don't have any designation. Basically, the judge and the courts decide, and so. I do a lot of uh, basic educating on a lot of things that maybe I don't do as a profession specifically, but I have mm-hmm. a very broad width of knowledge that I help people with. So, in addition to that, we talk about budgeting, talk about savings and investments, and we'll talk to people about um, ways to diversify and to to as you to your point with putting the money under a mattress, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's a negative compound tax that comes with that. And those are the kind of things that people don't think about. They're like, "Well, it's safe money." Well, guess what? There's other safe ways to save, which is actually going to keep up with inflation. It's to be protected. You know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of other avenues you can take. So maybe having some money in the mattress is a as a last resort. <laughs> although I just got my hair, although I just okay. got my haircut today. And by the way, you can't even get your hair cut with cash right now. So, so. Take that for, for what it's worth, right? Right. <laughs> so, right. so but, but it's good to diversify, but um, understand that you're compounding and, you're, and as things grow and as the value of the dollar increases, you know, you don't want to have all your money parked in something that's not keeping up. Your buying power will decrease over time. So back to my point about the dollar and buying a CD player. I mean, someone, and the fact of the matter is people did it all the time spent $600 or $2,000 in the 1980s for the new computer and the new uh, CD player. Well, just understand that if you were budgeting for that then, to get something similar, comparable with the new, the new thing today, it's going to cost even more because the dollar's gone up. And so the value of every single dollar you have has continually gone down, which is a good thing in the reality that you're actually, your money in the market is doing well. But it's a bad thing if you're thinking, I'm just going to tuck aside the money and put it in the, in the, under the mattress and expect you going to have
1: enough. Well, Christopher, we're, um, hold that thought. We're going to be right back after these messages.
3: Having a brighter, whiter smile is important to you. Even during the coronavirus crisis, teeth whitening can be safe and convenient because at Pearly Whites, we come to you. Our technicians take all the recommended safety precautions, and you don't have to leave your home. Get all your family treated in one afternoon. It's safe and convenient, and less expensive than a visit to the dentist. Pearly White's Mobile Teeth Whitening. Visit pearlywhitesfl.com to book an appointment today.
4: There's
5: a reason Summer County residents have been choosing Park City Mattress for ten years with Cerda Temper Pedic and Stearns and Foster right here in Park City and the lowest price guaranteed Park City Mattress in Redstone Village at Kimball Junction. See us at pcmattress.com
4: Head and Home Horse Rescue Foundation. We are a 501 C3 nonprofit that rescues both wild and domestic horses and other equine that are either unwanted, neglected, abused, or their humans move. Hidden Home helps rehabilitate them to be used in equine therapy to help those in need. We could use your support. You can contact us at 801-910-2698.
6: Do you know how much equity is in your home, condo, or townhome? Do you want to lower your rate and take cash out? We're Valorum Equity and we make mortgages easier. Give us a call at eight 800- hundred. or visit ValorumEquity.com to receive your free home assessment today.
5: Trouble sleeping? The mattress you choose makes all the difference. How do you select from thousands? At Mattress Warehouse, we do things differently. We fit you to the right mattress that you will love for many years and get up to 8 months on our comfort guarantee. That's how sure we are about getting you the best night's sleep. Visit MattressWarehouseUtah.com and download your free mattress buyer's guide to help you select the right mattress at the best price.
6: MattressWarehouseUtah.com
0: Hey, this is Rocktop Construction. Rocktop is a family-owned business based out of Utah. We specialize in replacing worn or storm-damaged roofs and understand how to assist homeowners with property claims. For reliable service and the best value on a quality and energy-efficient roof, call Rocktop Construction at 801-567-1234. We have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Again, that's 801-567-1234 to find out more about how we can protect your home. This is Chris
6: Jackson, here to protect your lifestyle, legacy, and loved ones free of charge. Whether you're on a budget, nearing retirement, or a business owner, I have your back to make your financial dreams a reality. Call me today at 435-760-3955 to set up a free consultation to learn more. I am Chris Jackson, your financial advocate and wealth educator. Again, call me at 435-760-3955.
1: Thank you for tuning in. I am sitting here with Christopher Jackson. He is our financial advisor. Christopher, what are some misconceptions that people have about saving money?
2: Yeah, there's there's a lot of different misconceptions out there. And, and one of the biggest ones, and this is one thing I love about uh, my philosophy and, and some of the, the strategies I work behind is, is understanding how math and money are different, right? So typically when you're thinking of, what I mean by that is that typically when you're thinking of money, um, it's all math, so 2 times 2 equals 4, where, well, just like I talked about earlier, that's not the case with money As when I was talking about inflation, right? So mm-hmm. when it comes to money management, it's more of a science, actually, than mathematics. So although math is, is used to illustrate, say, what a dollar will be in the future, uh, there's so many unknown factors that could just crush your expectations. So as I said, um, inflation, the value of things even go up differently, right? The market might, you might, might get a pay raise of so much, but the value of one product's more, and the value of one's another. And so understanding, you know, think of it this way. If I had an illustration I could put up or a diagram I put up, think of a, a little stick figure And think of point A being your early working years. Let's say the baby boomers back in the 80s and now B being them getting ready to retire is point B where they want to retire. Well, using the ideal math philosophy, it would be basically a straight line, put put X number of dollars for this interest rate at this time and you'll have this number of, of this amount of money to live off of in the future. Well, As you and I both know, life doesn't always work that way. There's death in the family. There's a job change. There's a divorce. So many different things happen. And what that leads people to do is get discouraged and say, well, if I'm not meeting that number or that goal, I'm not really really making it. Well, the reality is that reality is a lot more like if you were to look at, um, you know, in Utah, there's the big Ironman races, right? There's going of these big for people that aren't from Utah. There's a lot of people that have these high adventure races where they'll go in the mud, they'll go and they'll run and they'll be jumping and swimming. That's a lot more like how life is. We have all these obstacles. And so what I try to do is educate them about, okay, let's look at the numbers, but then let's say, well, what if? What if we do this? What if this happens? What if you get disabled? What if you, what if someone does die? What if? What if, what if? And so the more redundancy you have in your financial plan by looking at an entire perspective, a 30,000 point view, for example, you're a lot more likely to not be caught off guard and if the unexpected happens. So what really people need isn't a product or service, but they need a strategy, something that they can take into account their full financial life, and it can educate them about – what their money's doing. Another misconception I see a lot of people is that they assume that their employer or the government, their financial plans are just going to take care of them in retirement. Well, right now, I mean, I've been listening, of course, uh, being in my industry and and all the different articles and things coming out daily. And right now, not only is the government looking at actually taking from Social Security to pay for some of these stimulus checks, but a lot of, companies that are struggling are, of course, cutting benefits, right? So, they're cutting 401ks, they're cutting pensions. And, and so, on both ends of the stick, you really see that that it really comes down to the individual to, to really take into their own hands um, what their financial life going to be like in the future because you can't always rely on the government or your employees to do it. Now, granted, there are some really great programs out there for a select few that – can fill a good substantial amount of their retirement plans, but you shouldn't rely on that fully. I say mm-hmm. if you can be in a position where you're confident that you're gonna be taken care of even without social security, even without your business pension, you're gonna be doing really well. And so I'd rather people be over prepared than under prepared. And that's where I come to play, so, help educate them. Christopher
1: better. so you're saying that prepare have a retirement plan. You know, don't don't count on your Social Security or your employer's, um, you know, plan, but to ha- create something of your own. But if you do that now, like say you're 28 years old or something like that, 28 to 30, you can plan something and you can have a cushion, even though you do get Social Security at 65 and you do get your company pension or whatever. That's all a plus. That's just extra money, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's that's oh. a great point. And I, I lived so when I was growing up, just
2: to kind of rewind a little bit. I, I when I first started learning about money, I had what was called a scarcity mentality with money. It's like I need a save. What was that, that again? It's called you a scarcity a mentality. So scarcity oh. meaning that there's not that there's not enough to go around, right? And so uh-huh. kind of to your your point about the the money under a mattress, that's kind of a scarcity mentality where and right now I was even reading a couple articles about the Great Depression just to kind of see the parallels you can make with now and and the Great Depression and I I saw that a lot of people back then said that I remember the Great Depression and and it kind of gives a lot of people that mentality that, okay, I have to think about not having anything. Well, what I try to do people is...
1: Christopher, the Great Depression, um, People lost their homes, their businesses. The banks shut down. There was no money. That's where that lady that put the money in the mattress. Um, she came from the, you know, the depression. And when the banks shut down, even though you could have had five thousand dollars in the bank, say that for example, or a thousand, they couldn't get it. They couldn't touch that money worth a darn through that Great Depression. So there was that fear of trust. So, yeah. what I'm trying to say is, as a financial advisor, you got to get that trust in that customer, so that you can, you know, you can help them. Because there are a lot of people out there who say they're financial advisor, they're kind of scary. <laughs> you know, they yeah. want to put my money here, I want to put my money there, and I'm like, what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Can I trust you? Yeah. Does that
4: make sense?
2: Well, that's you see what yeah. I'm saying? No, totally. I totally understand. And I share I, I in that sense To it. To go come back to what I was saying, I had that scarcity mentality. And where I'm different now is I realize that even with the world being in turmoil, you can still have what's called an abundance mentality, where you think that there is going to be enough to go around. Of course, if everything crashes, like everything's shut down right now, everyone's in the same boat. At some point or another, whether they – I mean, if drastically they reset the currency or whatever it's going to happen – things are going to be back up and you're going to have some value to whatever you were doing before. Now that's a very extreme example. But my point is if you're diversifying in multiple asset classes, not just say an investment in the stock market, having some money in real estate, having some money in, you know, in other fixed accounts and having some, some physical, you know, commodities, right? Maybe some gold is silver, other different things. You have a lot more peace of mind in knowing that you have a plan that's really well prepared for a lot of different scenarios. Well, Christopher,
1: do and you so, think it's wise to invest in some gold and silver?
2: So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be as blunt to say yes or no on that because I what I believe that's is more personal. Every person, more personal. It's personal because everybody's situation is different, right? That would be mm-hmm. like saying, "What if somebody's making." $30,000 and should you invest a girls go probably not if you're making a million dollars a year and you have all these other investments Maybe somewhere in the middle, right? It depends on each person their risk tolerance depending on how much they're diversifying well, there are certain types of uh, Savings vehicles that will be more efficient than others um, mm-hmm. This is one thing I like to talk to people about. It's another kind of bigger perspective to look at and Typically, you'll be educated by an advisor about maybe one, one phase of your money, accumulation. What's going to happen between, with your money between now and your retirement? Well, I try to look at what's called the three phases of money. So there's number one is accumulation, two is okay. distribution, and three is preservation. So
4: oh, okay. your money
2: is going to do different things in each one of those stages in, in accumulation you might be looking at deferral, an example in 401 k but upon distribution, you're going to be paying taxes on those dollars, right? And other, other things such as um, gold, silver, commodities, other things, you might be paying capital gains, you might be paying all these other things. And so you see a way, a whole bunch of different things against each other. So I would never say to someone, especially on air like this, that you should choose one over the other because everyone's situation is different. But mm-hmm. there is a lot of options out there, and okay. it requires financial education to really be able to see what those options are.
1: Wow. This is really educational. Um, so say, for example, how soon should we start um, planning for retirement? What age do you recommend starting?
2: Uh, so I was I saying that I, that I stuck with me, and it's probably stuck with half of the world because it's a very common saying is when was the when's the best time to plant a fruit tree 20 years ago right so the same thing which i would say when it comes to to saving right you should probably have started 20 years ago but the next best time is to plant something today right so right i would say if you can now this is the one cool thing about and maybe after our next commercial break i'll go into a more is our financial model? Is we we look at the full picture and we say there's an order of operations. Uh, that's using my, my military's coming out and that in that terminology for those that are out there, are veterans. Um, order uh-huh. of operations to things, right? So so uh-huh. before you start looking at, you know, I'm going to put my money in this account or that account. It goes back to the fundamentals, right? Do you have an emergency right. fund? Do you have do you have some money that's going to be there if if the car breaks down, right? You know, and and so. You know, you want to think ahead, but you need to find a way to, based on what income you're bringing in right now, is to really t- look in the mirror and say, okay, am I living within my means, or am I, is, do I have a budget issue? Because okay. no matter what time you're in, you should be putting some money side for the future, because otherwise, you're going to have a compound effect curve going against you rather than for you
1: interesting interesting I I recommend someone getting out of high school and start putting something away for retirement do you agree
4: even yeah, if it's just uh, a
1: small amount and I have a question about that retirement say for example you started uh, I start re- doing my retirement at you know 19 I got got a high school did the summer fund and then I start putting maybe I don't know 25 dollars away a month i mean i know that sounds small but then you know maybe a little bit more later but say that i got sick or i lost my job in 30s or 40s and i'm still putting this money away every single month like is there a way that you get a break can you get a break like if you lost your job and i called you and i said hey i've been putting my money away since i was 18 um, I just thirty years from now, there's been a crash in the economy. Yada yada yada. Can I put a hole on my retirement? Can I do that? Uh, yeah,
2: yes, absolutely. What I would say is, um, and if you're if you're if you're actually choosing to put money away, then my assumption uh-huh. would be it's not a pension that the company is paying for. That's the only caveat I would say because if it is a pension, that's going to be saving that you're not going to ever see until you retire. Other than that, if you're putting money into an IRA or to insurance or to an annuity or to the bank account with the CD, whatever it is, there's going to be different rules on your access to that money, but there's nothing stopping you from, okay, I'm just going to cut and not pay this month. Now, it depends on the contract of what type of account you're in, but for the most part, you can stop making payments. And I would say rather than just pulling money out, if you could just stop making payments and use that as some of your emergency first, those dollars that are already in your account are gonna be compounding for or against you. If the market's down, what you would end up doing is you would sell at a loss where maybe the market will rebound. And so you basically lost out on all that interest that you could have accumulated once it rebounded. So I say, as a last resort, pull from that. But if you have a good emergency fund and you're actually doing everything in the right order, then mm-hmm. you're not going to have that happen most of the time. That's going to be it's going to be a last resort if six months or a year from now um, you're mm-hmm. still out of work, which you know that's drastic. But sometimes that happens, and then there are exemptions you can make for, like right now the uh, the government is they're they're waiving some of the some of the fees on on taking out of four hundred one k's. Now caveat mm-hmm. to that again is you still pay taxes, so you got to kind of look at all those things and say. What savings accounts am I putting in? Am I paying taxes now or am I paying taxes later? There's three types of ways you're taxed in in a nutshell. You're either tax mm-hmm. deferred, which would be something like a traditional 401k. You've paid the tax, you've got the tax deduction now, but all the compound growth of every dollar you put in will be taxed upon distribution. You have tax advantage, which is typically like a Roth IRA, you're putting money in and you take it out tax-free, um, and then you have things like um, a savings account in your bank, uh, where you're always going to be paying taxes as you get little interest. As little as the interest may be, you're still being taxed continually over time. So those are another, that's another thing to consider when you're talking about putting money in and taking it out. It's, it's where is it put? And that's something that is important to understand.
1: Okay, we'll be right back after these messages. The commercial break.
3: Having a brighter, whiter smile is important to you, even during the coronavirus crisis. Teeth whitening can be safe and convenient because at Pearly Whites, we come to you. Our technicians take all the recommended safety precautions, and you don't have to leave your home. Get all your family treated in one afternoon. It's safe and convenient and less expensive than a visit to the dentist. Pearly Whites Mobile Teeth Whitening. Visit pearlywhitesfl.com to book an appointment today.
5: There's a reason Summit County residents have been choosing Park City Mattress for 10 years. With C Serta, Tempur-Pedic, and Stearns and Foster right here in Park City. And the lowest price guaranteed. Park City Mattress in Redstone Village at Kimball Junction. See us at PCMattress.com.
4: Hidden Home Horse Rescue Foundation. We are a 501c3 profit that rescues both wild and domestic horses and other equine that are either unwanted, neglected, abused, or their humans move. Heading Home helps rehabilitate them to be used in equine therapy to help those in need. We could use your support. You can contact us at 801-910-2698.
0: Do you know how much
6: equity is in your home, condo, or townhome? Do you want to lower your rate and take cash out? We're Valorum Equity, and we make mortgages easier. Give us a call at 800-764-9072 or visit ValorumEquity.com to receive your free home assessment today.
5: Trouble sleeping? The mattress you choose makes all the difference. How do you select from thousands? At Mattress Warehouse, we do things differently. We fit you to the right mattress that you will love for many years and get up to eight months on our comfort guarantee. That's how sure we are about getting you the best night's sleep. Visit MattressWarehouseUtah.com and download your free Mattress Buyer's Guide to help you select the right mattress at the best price.
6: MattressWarehouseUtah.com
0: Hey, this is Rocktop Construction. Rocktop is a family-owned business based out of Utah. We specialize in replacing worn or storm-damaged roofs and understand how to assist homeowners with property claims. For reliable service and the best value on a quality and energy-efficient roof, call Rocktop Construction at 801-567-1234. We have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Again, that's 801-567-1234 to find out more about how we can protect your home. This is Chris Jackson, here to protect your
6: lifestyle, legacy, and loved ones free of charge. Whether you're on a budget, nearing retirement, or a business owner, I have your back to make your financial dreams a reality. Call me today at 435-760-3955 to set up a free consultation to learn more. I am Chris Jackson, your financial advocate and wealth educator. Again, call me at 435-760-3955.
1: And I'm sitting here with Chris Jackson, your financial advisor. Christopher, tell me something to, with, for my younger audience, again, um, some tips, financial tips that you recommend.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So first and foremost, um, make sure you understand that um, when it comes down to it, it, it you, you have to start with the basics, right? So budgeting, you know, how much money you need. Every month, uh, I've seen I've I've had opportunity to meet with um, people that are young young newlyweds, uh, barely breaking twenty, who they haven't really sat down and had that conversation yet. And in in all fairness, um, I I would say that a lot of um, that it goes back to attributing to the, our financial system, education system, and our school system. We don't really get a lot of that education growing up, and so. The very basics, having, some budget, having a budget. And then going from there is looking at things such as what is your credit cards? You know, or how, how much money are you actually paying someone else interest rather than keeping that, that money for yourself and maybe having it grow for you? So starting with a budget, make sure that you're paying down. If you do have credit cards for the cash back or to build credit so that you can get into a house in the future, just make sure that you're paying them off every month so that you're not dinging your credit for one, and two, you're not paying someone a, a cost or a fee that is not necessary. So those are a couple basics. Um, and then from there, I would say the next is to implement a strategy uh, for the biggest uncertainties of life. So I talked about it earlier, but insurance. You, it's, it's, it's something that no one wants to talk about, but uh-huh. it is very important. Um, I have a personal... Personal example in my own life. Uh, so mm-hmm. my dear, my dear wife that I love very much. She, she had, for one, she didn't. All, she already didn't have the opportunity to really grow up with a dad. Her dad passed away when she was nine from cancer, mm-hmm. and okay. that's already hard enough as it is on a family. And in addition to that, he didn't have any life insurance didn't have any savings, any will, any of that in place. And so the financial impact that had. Not only on her and her siblings, but her whole family, it was pretty devastating. And it, a lot of them have had to learn over time how to be prepared so that doesn't happen for their their next generation. And that's what I've I have seen for my own family. Is man, you know, I have three little girls I love very much here at home, and and if things never happen to me, I don't ever want them to be in a position where they just can't survive. We have they have to move in with in laws or their or their grandparents. They don't have to, They can't go to their same schools. They can't. You know, they don't. No longer have college being paid for whatever it is. So it's very important to get something simple, right? Get get some life insurance. A small term policy it can go a long way. And another thing is, you don't really know um, what your health is going to do in the near future. Uh, I have another story from another another uh, professional in a in, a, uh, in another industry. Uh, that also sells Life Insurance. And he told a story about his friend who – um good friend of his – who was a squirrel shoot jumper. He'd jump out of um, airplanes, and he'd have those uh, – if you've seen those, where they ha- they look like mm-hmm. squirrels, right? So they have those. Mm-hmm. And that was his – that was what he did. He loved doing it. Well, problem is, when you have that kind of high-risk career, you don't actually have <laughs> – no one's going to want to cover you for life insurance. <laughs> so a big right. problem. Right. Yeah, and, I
1: heard about that. Right. If there's- yeah, if you're jumping out of airplanes or speed, you know, you have a profession that you're, um, you know, speed, you know, car racing. Yeah, it's car racing career. They ha- they ha- they can't even get anything. They can't. It's hard for them to get life insurance. And uh, yeah. yeah, you got to think street smarts on that. But anyway, um, yeah, I now recommend for retirement. I've you know. I try to tell my younger people, start putting something away, even if it's twenty five dollars a month. Don't look at it, put it for to a retirement plan thirty five you know forty five dollars a month, and just don't look at it. Just keep putting it away, stash it you know in a program and uh and the same thing with um life insurance how important life insurance is. You know, and then I heard yeah. someone say, well, I don't have any kids. I don't have this and I don't have that. I said, still, you get locked in, right? So when you are 45, yeah. 35, or 35, 45, you're safe with that life insurance, right? You can just add your family members.
2: Yeah, so there's so there's different types of life insurance. Uh, there's like, Right, of course. The way uh, I like uh, to yeah. explain it, for, for those listeners who are, or aren't familiar with, with how life insurance works, there's... I would like to compare it to, ter- to term being as if you're renting a home and permanent as if you're own- you're learning to you're- have a mortgage that you're necessarily going to own the home. So as you're building cash value and life insurance, you have other access to do more things with it um, in a permanent policy than you will with term. So term, it's most affordable for the amount of insurance you get, but you don't have what's called a living benefit. So for someone who's single, it's like I don't need life insurance. Well, for one, you do because someone's going to have to bury you. Yeah, right. Some at yeah, the very bare minimum. But on top of that, there are nowadays, especially because our mortality rate is so so much lower, and are we living a lot longer just to, just because of our health advances over the last few decades? Um, mm-hmm. They've been able to add a lot of extra benefits to to life insurance policies. So a lot of people might not know this, but for a, a good permanent policy, you can act with a mutual insurance company, which means. The insurance company actually, the the policy owners own the company. With okay. it, instead of having shareholders that they're paying dividends to, those actually go to keeping the policy strong. And so, if you have a good policy with a, with one of those carriers, and I shop around and I, I look for the best for my clients, you can actually get some benefits with free of cost, such as long term care and chronic illness riders. So, what that would mean is, say somebody, say someone single and they're they're all healthy, and then one day they find out they have cancer, right, and they, or have they go, money.
1: or there's another one, or they go rock climbing, and then they fall there we go
2: <laughs> there we go, and actually oh, just to, not to I digress slightly because I was going to finish my story about the school jumper What ended up happening is he died, and his wife, family Ooh. was left with no life insurance, and uh-huh. it was really rough for because I mean it was a A very personal thing for my friend, my colleague of mine. And what he says is he actually, we actually have the ability with permanent plans to actually get for the same amount that you're talking about, $25 a month, you could actually get a plan for your children, which would grow with them, uh, a life insurance policy, which would be able to save for their future and protect them. So if they grow up to be a squirrel jump, suit jumper, they're recovered. It doesn't matter because they already have the insurance in place. And so those wow. are just some forward-thinking things. So I actually have $100,000 <laughs> $100, of permanent life on all three of my children. My newest born was born in January. And by the end of March or by the end of February, I already had it covered. Most people my age haven't thought forethought about, enough about that kind of stuff. But I don't want, even if tomorrow something happens, what if, what if my toddler runs in the middle of the road and gets hit? That's already mm-hmm. rough on my family. But more so than just the here and now, the future, right, because you don't know, are kids going to grow up to be the the CPA or are they going to be the squirrel suit jumper? Are they going to be the NASCAR driver, right? So Mm -hmm. that's one thing to to think about. And then to my point about um, some of the benefits, if, if you got diagnosed with cancer, right, and let's say as a single gentleman, he may have been saving, instead of taking some money and put it into life insurance, he put all of it into investments and all of it into savings. He might have a couple hundred thousand dollars, but if he's got chemotherapy and he's And what if he beats it? Well, he could completely corrode all of that money he'd saved over the last 5, 10, 15 years. Well, if you have a long-term care benefit rider or a chronic illness rider on a life insurance policy, you can actually accelerate. It's called accelerated death benefit. So if you have a half a million dollars of death benefit, that doesn't mean you put a half a million dollars into your policy. You may put, you know, 5 or 10 grand in over a few years, whatever it might be, well, uh-huh. you could actually accelerate that death benefit down to $50,000. So he could actually have $450,000 that you could pay for chemotherapy. And if he beats it, guess what? He still has money. He's probably been saving his investments, right? You know, I want people to diversify and look at the entire financial life, not just one product or service. But if you have mm-hmm. that diversity, then like I said before, it, you can, it doesn't matter what happens to you in life. It doesn't matter what the uncertainties may be. You're protected. You have a redundancy. You have a backup plan, just like an airplane, uh, pilot that's uh, in the sky. Right? They have so many redundancies built into their systems, so that if anything goes wrong, they also have a fallback. That's what I mm-hmm. try to do with my clients is educate them about. Okay, what's your fallback? If this happens, what are you going to fall back to? And the answer can't always be, "I'll figure it out when that happens." And right. the sad thing is, a lot of people kind of make that their their fallback is they just, I, "I'm going to wing it." Which is why we I have to so set today. I
1: think it's my generation says, "Wow, well, we'll wing it, we'll wing it, we'll wing it." But it's not true. I want to ask you the question: How come we're not being teaching this? And in high school, you know, as a senior in high school, you should be, you should know, about life insurance, your retirement plan. Why aren't they teaching this in high school right before they get out? Yeah,
2: that's you know, that's a that's the the golden question right there, and I. I've thought about it a lot myself. Um, I took a financial literacy class, which was not, which was optional even for me in high uh-huh. school. And I, the only thing I even remember from the financial literacy class was we experimented with the stock market. We bought, we pretended we bought a stock and we watched where it went on the market for 12 weeks. And I, I got okay. very little value out of that. I mean, it gave you some value. I could understand how the markets work, but it didn't talk about all those other things you're talking about. And so I think what it comes down to is, it's not, um, it's not focused on because what people are learning in, in high school is all of the stuff to become an employee and work for someone else and to do something in society. They're not really talking about, well, what do you do once you earn that money? Uh, if you've heard of Robert Kiyosaki, he's a big-time uh, real estate guru, and he has all these books about um, being able to be financially educated well, that's really what it's about. You have to educate yourself. And because, sadly, this institutions and the institutions and the the school systems aren't doing it, you need to look for that yourself. You need to be proactive and, you know, find someone who knows what they're talking about and and do some self-study as well. And I, I was also reading an article earlier um, about putting it into a different perspective. You know, you spend eight hours, ten hours of, of your day going and working for someone else to make X number of dollars. Well, if you could mm-hmm. save hundreds of thousands of more dollars in your lifetime by mm-hmm. knowing how to work your finances, knowing what your tax is doing, knowing what the interest rates are, like just for a couple hours a week, isn't that almost like giving yourself a pay raise because you're actually putting more money in your wallet and you're not actually working for someone, you're working for yourself. And you're teaching your money to become your employee rather than just being the employee. And you could be the business owner too, not saying it's only employees. As a business Mm -hmm. owner, you could still have a lot of redundancies and not know how to work your money once you get it. You might have a really good year one year, the next year is not so good. And if you don't know how to manage that, then it could be financially devastating. So that's what I would say. Educating yourself will be the biggest return on investment you could give yourself.
4: True.
1: So true. True. So true, and this is really. I like the fact, Christopher. You're young enough that you can relate to the younger generation, because you can. They can count on you, and you can see them go through their process of life. You know, get through high school. They, you know, I mean, kids nowadays in high school have a part-time job, and they make good money. Some of them make really good money, but if they knew how to take a little bit of that and start putting it away. Or get something, you know what I mean? Help them set up a a good financial, you know, blueprint. You know, get that blueprint going for yourself. And then, you know, whatever you decide to do, take two years off, go do something, you know, a mission or religious mission or something like that. Then they can come back and they can pick back up where they left off. Is that correct? Can they do that?
2: Yeah. No, that's spot on. And I, I was thinking back to when I first joined the military at 17. And they're like, hey, you, here's your TSP fund. You can start saving for your retirement. And they give you five options. So, you know, there's there's thousands of mutual funds and different things you can, and most people can, can invest in. Well, there's five different options, and they're in, in different international, you know, like large cap, small cap. And and so I didn't know the difference between one or the other too much. I was very safe with money, so I thought, ah. Eh, I'll just put it in the basically the the federal government reserve one that's that's super low interest rate. Well, who little did I know? When I joined, I was uh, it was the year of the financial crisis, <laughs> and okay. stuff were on sale. And by the way, so I, I ended up looking at it. Looking back years now later, I look back in my TSP. I mean, I didn't know at the time what the next year was going to do. But if I was a little more educated and realized, well, okay, I have forty forty five years to recapture growth, I probably can be more aggressive. Well, I ended up looking at it, and I only gained 1% that whole year, where if I would have been in the large cap and small cap and diversified, I could have had 37% growth on wow. the dollars I put in. So huge uh-huh. difference, in, and I'm like thinking to myself, man, why didn't, I, why didn't they educate me a little better about that? Why couldn't, why couldn't the guy who was briefing me, give an extra five or ten minutes about understanding compound interest? right? And, and so that's, that's, those are the kind of things that sparked in my mind. Ever since I was a kid, it's like, more people just need to educate. I, it just, it needs to be educated more. There's not enough people out there giving people the right advice that's going to really set them up for success.
1: Mm-hmm. Have you thought about going into some of the, the high schools and um, getting people educated? Did you, you know, the kids, you know, the generation?
2: Yeah, you know, there's, there's, um, there's a lot of opportunities for for doing that kind of thing. There is some logistics you have to deal with with school systems and, and certain things like that. But but yeah, that has been something that's crossed my mind. I do know other advisors that have done so for college. Uh, college is kind of the one step where they're really close. They're, out, they're working and they're you know, in school. Um, I haven't really considered the high school at this point, but I have considered maybe going to the U and and uh, U of U and those other schools around and, and uh, maybe presenting to some people there. I have noticed that that is uh, kind of a, a really popular um, demographic to focus on. Um, when I was at Utah State, I was a, when I was a member of the Financial Planning Association, and uh, I was a, a student, just a member the one year, and then the next year I was actually an officer. That um, I actually my job was to go to and, and ask other professionals to come and educate about different financial topics. That was obviously a financial like a financial planning uh, club, so people were already mm-hmm. naturally gravitating towards it. But I would love to be able to do that on a, a bigger setting. And yeah, that's something that I have considered. I just haven't really um, put that into to a, into a action quite yet.
1: I think you would be really good with the younger generation. They, you know, you have a spark that you can guide them and have them set something up for their retirement. And, uh, uh, you know, I just wish someone like my generation, too, which somebody would have taught me, you know, more about what to do with my money. And it's sad. I mean, I think my father tried, you know, a few times, but I needed more. I needed more, not just a savings account. (laughs) You know, don't touch your savings account, you know. Now I'm older. And I see all this stuff out there. And I'm like, why didn't somebody tell me about this years ago? Yeah. So, yeah, there's those, anyway, some very fundamental Go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, Christopher. Let people know how to get in contact with you. You know, do you do by email, yeah. phone number.
2: Yeah. So they're they're more than happy to reach out to me through email or text um, or, or through phone. My number is four three five. 760-3955 and my my email address is, is jackson at penneutral com. Uh, you can also find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Uh, LinkedIn is Christopher Jackson. If you look for Christopher Jackson in, in Salt Lake City area, uh, you should find me, and, and then uh, have some links to some of uh, other websites and, and things that I'm associated with. So those are those are some good ways to contact me.
1: And you're a member of the B&I, which is a big networking organization throughout the world. They got B&I in India when I was over in India. But yeah, it's everywhere. So you're a part of the B&I in Utah. How can someone find you through that?
2: Yeah. So if if someone's a member of B&I, they can um, search me in the local database, i part of uh, what's called the Golden Triangle Chapter here in Sandy, Utah. Um, And that's one way to contact me. One one other thing is I will just want to just kind of throw it as another side note is I do, that's part of my process. When I meet with uh, people, I go over, uh, we have a financial uh, game board that goes over 27 unique drawers. And and part of that process is I look for other professionals and I connect people to to other professionals. So a lot of times what I'm doing is, is adding value through giving people other names and BNI is a great resource for that because it's basically a lot of business professionals in other industries and so rather than having an individual look for all those different things I can provide them with all that free of charge it's just a value add something I try to do for my clients Mm
4: -hmm.
1: interesting and give the phone number one more time but go slow
2: yeah so my number is 435 yep my number is 435 7603955
1: wonderful good and uh Christopher I want to thank you so much for coming on my show it's yeah, amazing I want to bring you back there's so much to talk about and yeah. I, we even we talked about the younger generation cuz I'm concerned with them cuz I know that they're spending their money freely and um but yeah. anyway uh I do want to thank you so much, and I want to bring you back, if it's okay, and we're going to talk more about retirement, especially for the older generation and the baby boomers. Yeah,
2: okay. definitely. We could do that. So many different There's things There's a talk lot about. of issues there we
1: could talk about. Okay, well, thank you so much, Christopher Jackson, our financial advisor. Thank you so much, and have a great evening.
2: Yeah, thank you, Kathy. You take care.
1: You're welcome. I'd like to thank BBS Radio for allowing me to be live on their networks. And thank you so much for Primetime Media for your support as well. And for all your listeners, thank you. Have a great evening.